Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. In today's episode of Nothing But Net with Debbie Antonelli, Debbie welcomes Robin Cheryl Wells, the first-year head coach at Evansville Women's Basketball. Evansville is a team that won six total games all of last season, and they've already matched that feat with a 6-4 and four record at the time of this recording. Coach Cheryl Wells talks about her up-tempo style of play. Her team right now is averaging 77 points a game. She talks about how they love to get out and run, they look for good shot selection, and just the pacing is very key. Um, she also tells a couple of good stories about being a new mother. She has baby Jet, who is three months old, and a lot of good stories of, of being a mother between her and Debbie are told. Um, she, and she also has a very interesting story herself, being a manager slash practice player at the University of Michigan and working her way all the way up to being a head coach. So you'll hear all those stories and more in another great episode of Nothing But Net with Debbie Antonelli. Hey, hey, Robin Shearer-Wells, the head coach of the University of Evansville. We're going to talk a little Missouri Valley hoop in particular. We're going to talk about the resurgence of the Evansville Purple Aces. Robin, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Well, happy holidays to you. You know, first off, I, I want to get right to it. Um, your team is six and four. Last year, Evansville only won six games, only won two in the league. I know it's a different roster and it's a different mix of people. And certainly in your first year, things are a little different. But I mean, I don't know if the group of kids that you have coming back was ever over 500 in their careers at Evansville. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think they were, but yeah, we just, uh, it's been a fantastic group to coach, um, you know, half returners, half new players. And, uh, they just jumped in with two feet from day one. And, and it's been, um, it's been a great journey so far, but we're not done. So. Well, you're, you're known as a builder. You're someone that has built other programs. You've come in and you've established your culture, your identity, which sometimes I think are overused cliches in our game, but let's get right to it. Like, what is it about the way you go about building your infrastructure that allows your players to have immediate success? You know, we started with a couple of things. I mean, the first thing was giving them a very clear basketball identity. Um, but I think it, it goes much beyond the X's and O's. Um, I think the biggest thing was getting them back to having fun, playing with joy. We talk about this. We have like two sayings in our program, um, play to win and play with joy. And, and to me, those are, you know, especially when you're coming off a couple losing seasons, it's hard losing stinks, you know, like it's not fun. And, and you have to, when you're rebuilding, you have to get back to those original things, like why kids fell in love with basketball in the first place. Um, the joy that you find in playing the game and getting better at it each day. And, um, and even finding joy in those days that are a grind. Um, and so, you know, we try to keep that at the forefront of what we're doing. At the time of this taping, your team is averaging about 77 points a game heading into conference play. So you said basketball identity. What is it? 
um, you know, certainly pushing pace, you know, playing, playing up tempo and that's on both, both ends of the floor. Um, but, you know, certainly we started a, a bit with our offensive identity of trying to get out and run and transition, uh, and, and then teaching what good shots look like in that, because we're not a team that just trying to jack it up in the first eight seconds of the shot clock, just for the sake of doing that. Um, we do spend a lot of time on what is good shot selection within that fast pace. Um, and if we don't have it in early transition, we are going to run offense. Um, but even in that, there's pace to that too. And what does that pace look like? And how are we getting to screens? And what does our pace look like, you know, within those actions? And then on the reverse side of things, um, you know, getting out and pressing and making that part of our tempo as well and trying to make teams uncomfortable, try to make them take shots that they're not comfortable with or might not be the best shot for them uh, in hopes that we can go rebound it and, and you know, let that, you know, kickstart our offense. So Robin, if, if one of your players doesn't execute exactly right, maybe takes a shot too early or doesn't set the screen on the right angle, what are the uh, ramifications for that? And, and how do you teach them and help them not make the same mistake twice? You know, that's something, I mean, we'll talk about it, you know, especially if it's in a game, like that might be something assistant will talk about with them when they come off the court. Um, I try not to get too bent out of shape over that stuff, you know, especially right now when we've got, you know, a quote unquote young team and because they're more, they're young with us, right? So they might not be young in class, but they're young with us. And I never want them overly thinking about shots. Like I want them to feel some freedom to go out and play basketball and let it fly. And we're trying to continually teach what is a good shot for each kid. Um, but yeah, I try not to get too bent out of shape when it's, when it maybe is not the best shot choice in that moment and just try to teach them through it. And hopefully it gets better, you know, as, as the game goes and they learn from it. Well, I, I love uh, that you see the game, I think, through an offensive lens. That's the way I see it. And you've got two really good offensive players. You've got three that have scored more than 26 in a game. No one's had that. But let's speak specifically to Janiah Davis, who is one of 21 players on the national level that is averaging over 21 points. So that's significant. And then you've got Abby Fight, who's your returner, who's averaging 19 and 10. She's averaging a double-double. She's one of 28 players to be doing that on the national level. So you got some firepower. We sure do. Uh, and that's, you know, I mean, I, I, I promised Abby coming in, like we're going to have other players around you that can score and take some of the attention off of you. And certainly, you know, with Janai Davis um, and Maya Clark are one of our other guards who's, who's putting up double digit figures. And, and then we've got about three kids after that, that on any given night could score in double digits too. Right. So we're typically getting anywhere from three to, you know, to four, even maybe in a couple of games had a fifth player in double digits. So you can't just totally key in on one player with our team. And I think that's been part of our success so far is that, Scoring can come from a couple of different players, but Janai has had a pretty special start to the season. And um, man, she's kind of like a quiet, like all of a sudden you look up and the kids got 20 points. And they're like, where did that happen? <laughs> well, that's, that's fun to watch. I mean, I, I think the product is the narrative. That's what I sell it. And I want to see players being able to put the ball in the basket. It makes the game more fun for the fans. It's more fun to play in that way. I want to ask you specifically about Anna Newman's role because she's been a four-year point guard. So she has, as a starter, has some experience playing in the league. How's that relationship between you and your point guard and, and how does she see the floor versus how you see it? Um, Anna, I'm so glad you asked about Anna because I think, you know, statistically she never jumps off the page and she is just not getting enough recognition right now because we have players that are putting up huge numbers. Um, but Anna is such a huge part of like what's making our team go. Um, she's just one of the toughest players I've had the privilege of coaching. I mean, she's, 
five, four on a good day. And, um, you know, she just like the way she puts herself in front of bigger players, like she's the kid that will take a charge that will take a hit. Um, but certainly on the offensive end, um, she's really learned where she needs to be moving up the floor to get the outlet or when she just needs to run the floor and let one of the other guards take it. And I think she's found that balance really well of like where she needs to run the team and control things. And when she just needs to let it go, you know, and let it fly and just be another part of our offense. But um, hers and my connection really, I mean, it's developed over time, but she's just been a pleasure to coach. I mean, I feel like it's very easy to connect with her. I think she has a good understanding of what we're trying to build uh, as a staff and what I'm looking for as a coach. And, um, um, you know, we've certainly, as we've gotten through non-conference play, I mean, she's one of those players where we can communicate in very few words, right? Like we just need to kind of connect, you know, connect eyes. I can give her two cues and we're, and we're good to go. So I've been, I've been very fortunate to have that type of point guard in my first year here. Yeah. I like to call a point guard that does all those things. Uh, a point guard that answers what I call the three W's who to get the ball to when and where, and has great understanding of everyone's skill set and who needs the ball when they need it and where they can score from that position on the floor. So I want to I want to ask you about this because I think this is a really interesting part of your story and I want you to elaborate a little bit on it because I look at you and I sort of see a piece of Frank Vogel or a piece of Eric Spolstra, two NBA coaches right now, Frank the head coach of the Lakers and Eric of the Miami Heat. And, and how I'm referencing that is the fact that you were a practice player at Michigan. You worked your way in as a manager. Not many women do that. You see it more on the guy's side, but on the women's side, it's very interesting that Cheryl Burnett was the head coach at Michigan when you came to Michigan as a, I want to say a practice player, but can you elaborate a little bit on your experience there and, and how that, that has helped you? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was... Um you know, when I went to University of Michigan, I was actually, um, Sue Gavar was the head coach. And then I later on worked for Cheryl Burnett on her staff. Um, so, you know, when I connected with, with Coach G, with Sue Guevara, um, it was definitely the kind of start out as a manager and right away, but I knew I could play. Like, I, I mean, I was a recruited, you know, student athlete. I just always wanted to go to a Big Ten school, but I'm small, um, certainly was not big enough to play Big Ten basketball, um, but I always felt that I would be a better coach than player. And so, you know, kind of getting connected with the U of M team um, was a little bit of my way to do that. And then we were kind of injured right away, like down a few players. And that was kind of, before, that was right when male practice players were just becoming a much bigger thing. So we didn't have a lot of practice players. So I got thrown in like right away. And it was just a great opportunity. Like I could hang, you know, I mean, I wasn't a, I wasn't a player that was ever really going to, you know, make any sort of impact on the floor, but I was good enough to do what they needed me to do in a practice and, um, and hopefully make, you know, the, the better players a little bit better. So, I mean, that was where I started and uh, I just have always loved the game and it was a chance to be around a really good program. Um, that was some of the best years in Michigan's uh, basketball history until the recent years. Um, so just, yeah, I was very, very grateful for, um, for my start and kind of my, my journey. And I, you know, I saw it from the side of like, you know, I just got beat up a lot and you had to just love it and keep coming back. And some days were frustrating and, you know, um, but when you love basketball, you, you keep going at it. So I think when kids are in, you know, when I coach kids that maybe aren't getting the playing time that they want, like I've been in their shoes, you know, I know what, I know what that feels like. And I know that those roles are still vitally important to teams, teams successes. 
So then I want to lead into Cheryl Burnett. You said you worked for Cheryl. Uh, nobody's won more in the Missouri Valley than Cheryl has. Nine regular season, six tournament titles, and of course, the great Jackie Styles error that she was able to coach uh, in. Um, what, what have you learned from Cheryl from uh, your time with her that will help you as a coach in the Missouri Valley? You know, I mean, I had the chance to be around her in like one of my first years in college coaching. So it was such uh, an important year in my like initial formative years of being a coach. And, and one of the things that stood out to me always about Coach Burnett was just how professional she was, um, how prepared she always was. Um, and this, what a smart basketball coach, X's and O's wise. I mean, she was always watching other basketball, watching other coaches. She was, that was, um, Tommy Amaker was the, was the men's coach at Michigan at the time. Like she would sit in on their practices. Like she was always learning and growing and seeing the game in that way. And that always stood out to me. Um, but every detail was super important to coach Burnett. And so for me as a young, as a young person and working more on the administrative side and trying to work my way into becoming an assistant coach, um, man, she would nitpick, nitpick at all these small things that I was working on. Like, I think I do a great job and I bring it back to her and she'd be like, change this, change that, you know? And it was just all because she saw something in me and she wanted me to be my best. And she wasn't afraid to challenge me to be even better. And so, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for, for my year with her. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I would be where I, where I am without that year. So. Talking with Robin Cheryl Wells, the head coach at the University of Evansville. Uh, Robin, your team is six and four. You're getting ready to enter conference play. And there's no easy night in the Valley, but you're going to start at Northern Iowa at Drake. How has your non-conference schedule prepared you for a conference play? I mean, we've played in a lot of close games, you know, with some with some good teams. And I think just having that experience of being in close games and learning how to win um, helps you prepare. You know, it helps you um, you know, in head into conference play where the competition ticks up another another level. But I think we've gained some confidence from that. And I also think we've learned from our losses. Like our our losses were all winnable games in which we honestly, I mean, not to take away credit from the teams we played because they did the things they needed to do to win, but we didn't have great games, you know, in great phases in some of those games, you know, most recently, like we just didn't play well against Butler. Um, you know, we were without Abby fight and it shouldn't have mattered. We, we needed to be better. So I think that we can learn from those things and we can take a look at it and our, and our players are tough enough to look at it and go, yeah, we need to fix that. Like we need to do that better. Like they've embraced that side of being coached as well. So I think all of those things, you know, the positives and some of the areas that we didn't play well, I think that, I think those things have prepared us well. And then Robin, the last thing I, I want to ask you uh, before our time is up here is uh, not only are you a first year head coach in the Valley, you're a new mom with a three month old son, Jet, who is Brand new little guy. And so you've got lots of wonderful things happening for you. It's hard to find balance in our lives. I like to call it rhythm as a mother with experience who has three boys trying to always figure it out. Um, how, how has life changed and evolved for you to allow you to be successful in your role right now? I think it's changing every day. Like every week I have to adjust, especially as he gets older. You know, one of the biggest differences is like, sleep is so fleeting. So when you can get it, you have to, you have to take it. And, um, and that's tough because, you know, I think all my career I've been so used to 
if I need to grind out some film, I can, I could always do that whenever I needed to. Right. And now that's changed. So like the planning that has to go into uh, making sure that I'm watching film and preparing and all that, it just looks different. Um, you know, in some weeks I get it right. In some weeks I feel like, okay, that could have gone a little bit better. And you just have to learn from it and give yourself grace. And I've been really fortunate, you know, my, my coaching staff's done an amazing job, um, filling in, you know, some of the spots where it's been an adjustment for me, but, um, you know, it's just try to be present in both, you know, when I'm at basketball, I try to be present at basketball and try to just, that's where my focus is. And when I'm at home, I try to give Jet my full attention when I can. Um, he does sleep on my lap while I watch film at times, but when he's awake, you know, like I just try to enjoy my time with him. You know what, motherhood and executing motherhood is just like you ask your teams. You want effort, energy, and you need toughness to be able to do both. It's not easy. And just so you know, I haven't slept since 1995. Just thought I'd throw yeah, that in. Yeah, that's, that's not making me feel great about it, but that's okay. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to watching your team in the Valley this year. And congratulations on your great start at six and four, getting ready to enter into Valley play, Robin. We wish you well. And then Janiah Davis and Abby Fight are two players for sure we're going to be keeping our eye on. Thanks, Debbie. Appreciate talking with you.